morning. Jesus is in the room and he doesn't come and go. You know, he to do this. Let's just ask Jesus to meet with us even as we look into the word. So if you feel comfortable, just pop your hand on your heart and just say after me if you feel comfortable to do this. Jesus, change my heart. Jesus, show me more of you. Amen. Amen. I believe Holy Spirit's going to move amongst us even as I speak and towards the end we'll give him some time as well. See, when Jesus comes, he comes to be with us. And when he's with us, we change. We change in his presence. We change in the atmosphere. And the atmosphere of worship this morning was so beautiful. And uh, when Jesus comes, like he did last week, we want him to stay in that way. We want to experience his presence that way. And we've done that again this morning as we've reached out and worshipped and connected with him. So I want to encourage us to stay in that place with him. So this morning we're going to explore world influence or kingdom influence as we continue on our path of healing hope. So what we're going to look at this morning is how either of those can be influencing us. And we're not going to go very deep, but it's going to be fairly simple, I hope, and fairly clear. But let me ask you a question, first of all. Have you actually ever lost your bearings in the natural and not known where you were? Yes. Ever become disoriented? Yes. Okay, let me share a story with you. It's not one from last week. It's one from a few years ago now, but it was, this is a true story. I was actually visiting people in the region of Ballarat in Victoria, and I know that region fairly well, and, uh, but I was visiting people not quite into close to Ballarat, a little bit further out, and I hadn't been there before. And I was coming home, and it was in an afternoon, and it was oh, probably about four o'clock, and so there was still plenty of light. It was a winter time. But anyway, I was driving along this road, just following my GPS, just listening to it and going wherever it told me. And I was following, and I was driving along this road, and there were, you know, I was in the middle of forest because it's quite, you know, a lot of forest around that area. And I was driving along this road with forest on either side. And after a while, it occurred to me, that GPS has been quiet for a while. So I stopped and had a look, and it had actually lost contact with the satellite. Has that ever happened to anyone here? So here I was, and I thought, hello, I don't know how long ago the GPS lost contact with the satellite, and I actually don't know where I am. So I thought, what am I going to do? So I stopped again and pulled over by the roadside, and I thought, I really do not know you know, whether I've gone too far past a turn or what I've done, but I really didn't know where I was. So I had to think it through, and uh, in my car, I happened to have a Melways. So for those who don't know what a Mel... Some of you know what a Melways is. Great backup. For those who don't, it's a book of maps, and it's a really great backup to have in your car. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like a great big manual. So anyway, I had got out my, man my Melways, but I thought, I still don't have any orientation or any direction. So I had to drive up and down. I just had to say again, stay calm, keep that I was turning off on. So look, it took me quite a while. And I had to go up and down quite a few times to be certain because I didn't know which road I was actually in by the time I worked it out. And so eventually I worked out where I was and I thought, all right, I know which direction the Western Highway is in. I did know that I was south of the Western Highway. So I thought if I could get myself back in the direction towards the Western Highway, then I'm right from there because I know my way home. So 
I did. The long and the short of it is that I did. But that experience of suddenly being disoriented and not knowing where I was, that can be very disconcerting. So, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible for us to lose our bearings in today's world as we're navigating through the issues and navigating through the stuff and all the things that we have to cope with? I think so. And have you ever been faced with a dilemma in that situation of to where to place your hope? Have you ever been faced with that? I think that's a constant thing that we're faced with. Did I pray in that situation? I sure did. <laughs> I needed to stay calm and peaceful. Um, but have you ever had that situation where you, you, you're confronted with something and you just don't quite know where to place your hope? That's a common experience for some of us. So when we looked at the healing of the mind a few weeks ago, we were looking at the place of Holy Spirit in our lives and helping us come to a place of peace. We're going to take a slightly broader look this morning as we look at some of the world influences that we face. What I want to say to you is this. We live in a world that wants to shape our thinking and our actions, but the truth is that we belong to another kingdom. I'll say that we live in a world that wants to shape our truth and our actions, but the truth is we live in another kingdom. That's a great place to start. So how do we find truth in the middle of this world? How do you find true north? You know, your GPS can take you in a particular direction. Those who understand it takes you to true north. They're both devices that help us navigate in the natural, but we need to be able to navigate in this world. So we actually have an internal compass or an internal GPS to help us, and that is Holy Spirit. Yeah. So here's our internal GPS. Here's our internal compass that helps us know which way to go, that helps us find truth. And that's very important. And what keeps us in contact with God? So there are messages from our culture, as we know, that are embedded in everything we hear, especially in advertising. And uh, there are subliminal messages that come into our subconscious, but they do eventually find their watches because you remember things. You remember stuff. So I just want to highlight very quickly, and I think you'll understand this. There's a message in our culture that says what God said is sin is okay because our culture accepts it. That's in our face, so to speak, every day. Another message is you can achieve what you want in life through your own efforts. You have everything it takes to get where you want to go. You're in control of your life. And there's another one, reward yourself, all the entitlements. Reward yourself with this, reward yourself with that. You need this, there's all the must-haves. These are the messages that are coming and eventually creep into our hearts uh, if we don't catch them. So what happens? A shift in the heart then begins to shift our focus from the true north that's within us a few degrees. So we can go a few degrees maybe this way and then we find that our thoughts can move this way and it's off. And then we start going in another direction. And it can happen simply degree by degree by degree. On the other hand, we have this internal GPS inside us, Holy Spirit, who says, hang on, course correction, take you back towards the truth of God take you back towards Jesus. It happened, we're human, but he will say, hang on, this inner witness, hang on, hang on, keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on Jesus. But there's a part that we have to play in this too. So where do all these ideas come from? Where's all this stuff coming from that's rising up? Where is it? Can't affect you if you're not watching it, can't affect it if you're not taking it in. But some of these things come at you even when you're filling up your petrol tank like a service station that I go to. It's coming at you through there. So we have to actually be aware of those and we have to counteract them. So the world says sin's okay, but here's what the kingdom truth is. God says, I've paid the price for your sin. I've paid the price for it in Jesus. 
I've paid the price. That's the message of the kingdom. Message of the world is sin's okay. Message of the kingdom is I've sent my son to pay the price for your sin that you would be free. The world says you can achieve what you want through your own efforts alone. Well, what does Jesus say about that? He had something to say about this. He said in John 15, 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. I'm the vine. (laughs) He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So the world's saying, you can do it all, you can have all. And Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. So without him, we can do a lot of things, but we're not going to be bearing the fruit that lasts, which is what he wants. So he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So the world says that fruitfulness looks like we see every day in advertising. That's the worldview of fruitfulness. You just have to look at it. That's what it says. Jesus says fruitfulness is fruitfulness through living through him, connected with him for his kingdom purposes. And there's the fruit that lasts. There's the truth. So the kingdom truth is that fruitfulness comes from a life that is connected to Jesus, the light of the world and the source of our hope because he's the source of our hope. So when you're equipped with the word of God, you are able to seek out truth as part of your daily life. And I want to encourage you to do that because we need more of that truth than we do of the other things that are coming at us. I mean, you'd have to be a hermit living somewhere not to have some of these things around us. It's the world we live in. But we need to have more of God's truth that outweighs the other things that are us. So that's our, that's our part, to get more of God's truth into our life and more of God's truth into our heart, more of kingdom truth into our heart, and it simply outweighs everything else. It's as simple as that. So what happens? Are we hungry enough for it, though? Are we hungry enough now to go after it? Are we hungry enough to a priority in our life? Or are we just going to be a little bit sitting back, well, I know it's not right, I know I don't agree with it, but you're letting it come at you if you're not pursuing the truth. And you must pursue it. We must pursue truth. We must pursue Jesus. We must pursue his word. Go after it. And are we hungry enough this morning to go after it? I think you are. I think you are hungry. And I want to encourage you this morning to stir that up and go after it and go after truth because Jesus is truth. Go after him and the truth that he is because we want to stay on true north. We want to live our lives aligned with the true north, live our lives aligned with the truth of who Jesus is, what he says, and uh, not get caught up in all this other stuff that will take us off track, right off track eventually, and we'll finish up like I was on that road without that connection. We don't want to lose our connection to truth. We don't want to lose our connection to hope. So truth is found in searching the word of God. This is where hope comes into it. When you find truth, it gives you hope. The two go together. So we have to look after and go after truth because that's the source of hope. Truth is Jesus and how we pursue it. We go after truth in every situation. We find the truth of God around our lives in every situation we face. And hope is there because he's there in those situations. So I'm encouraging us to pursue it. This is why one of our core values is God's word written and spoken, because we go after that. And I've said this, uh, given this example once before a while ago, you don't know a stick is crooked until you put a straight one next to it. So you don't know error until you put truth next to it. So you have to have truth as your first yardstick or you won't recognise error. So truth comes from the word of God. So hope found in God's word, both spoken and written. And I can remember needing to find hope in times of personal challenges, and we've all faced that. 
And here's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 33:20. This is one example. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our Doesn't that give you hope? Doesn't, but it talks about the soul waiting for the Lord, not the soul running ahead. And we've talked about this before, the soul waiting for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Doesn't that bring hope yeah. to every situation you can face? Yeah. So let's have a look at what Paul had to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. He said this, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And that is it just an influence on, it own, on its own? What is this thing? Sometimes we can refer to the spirit of a group of people, can't we? We say, look, there's a great community spirit in this group. We talk about those things. We could talk about um, an organisation that has a great spirit. We often talk, and he wrote that to the church at Corinth all those years ago. And that church was facing many uh, issues, as we are facing issues today, they're different, but the church still had to find truth in the world in which it was formed and in the world in which people were called, the same as we need to find truth in our world today. Talking about the wisdom of God being greater than human wisdom. That was his lead to that. So the spirit of God is greater than any, the wisdom of God is greater than any human wisdom. And greater than the wisdom of those who are considered wise in the world. So there's a wisdom in the world, but God's wisdom is greater. Yes. Now, he was talking about human wisdom, though, in the context in which Paul was speaking. He was speaking about human wisdom for those who were alienated from God. So there was no connection to God. It was just purely coming from the human, uh, the human uh, knowledge, intellect, etc. And that's today we would call that humanism, which is in our world today. That's based upon the human wisdom in a world without God. And that comes at us all the time, too. How to do life better and wisdom in that. I'm not saying God can't, uh, you know, speak into those situations for those who know God. I'm not saying that. But there is a whole school of thought in the world that has nothing to do with God. And there's consumerism that preys on the lust of the eyes, evoking wants and needs. And we know we live in that world too. And 1 John 2.16, John said this, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the world. But there's a bit more. The Greek word that Paul used there for spirit is pneuma. And that is the same word that is used when you're talking about a holy spirit. So there's also an indication there that there is actually a spirit behind some of these things, a real spirit. And uh, here we have the truth. Because the spirit of the world is spirit that influences all these other uh, thoughts that draw people away from God because that's his purpose. It's the God of this world himself, Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Now, Jesus said something about this too. So Jesus, before he left this in John 14, 30, and he said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. So the ruler of this world that Jesus was talking about was Satan himself. And he has nothing in Jesus, nothing in common. Jesus said they had nothing in common, no agreements, no influence, nothing in Jesus, nothing in common. Jesus said they had nothing in common, no agreements, no influence, no input, nothing at all. Influence because we belong to Jesus and we have access to our Father in heaven and the truth of God. So the ruler of this world, however, he wants to steal your hope. That is Jesus and start you going important for us to be constantly 
connected, constantly discerning truth from error, because these things happen through error, through accepting something not truth, and that's how it happens. So Jesus said this, also, your father's good pleasures to give you the kingdom. Can't you hear the heart of the father there? Hear the loving heart of Jesus and the loving heart of the father. Do not fear, little flock. I think that's just a beautiful expression of his caring and his tenderness. For it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, pause through Jesus. The influence of the kingdom of God is what we are after in our lives. That's what we're after. We're after the influence of the kingdom of God in our lives. That's where our compass is set. That's where our GPS is connected to. So that's what we actively pursue in our lives. Again, we pursue that path. We pursue that path to hope. We pursue that path to freedom. Again, we pursue that path. We pursue that path to hope. We pursue that path to freedom. We pursue that path that takes us through all the things that Jesus has given us through his kingdom. It's ours, it's yours. Actively pursue it. And we don't want anything in our lives that brings us into agreement with the spirit of this world. So if we've been given the spirit, this spirit, and we have not been given the spirit of the world, we've not been given to us. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Simple as that. It's not ours to have. And nothing that comes from that source is ours to have. So let's be proactive in not accepting it. Let's be proactive in discerning. Let's be proactive in going after the true north. Let's be proactive in keeping our hearts and minds in truth and keep our hearts and minds in hope. So, it is through the inspiration and illumination and influence of the Holy Spirit who is the helper that we know the truths of God. So there's the word, there's the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the helper who shines his light, illuminates truth through the word, shines his light on our hearts, shines his light on what is truth, and shows us what is error. So it's like he's the straight rod and the spirit of the world is the crooked one. Very simple. Just remember, crooked, crooked rod, spirit of the world, the straight one is the Holy Spirit. So that's the one we want to see because he, he shines his light on what is error. An influence of Holy Spirit do we want to go after. So God does not give us a small measure of... He doesn't give us anything in a small measure. He doesn't give us a small measure of hope, but a great measure of hope, a huge measure of hope. It's not a little drop that we're just, you know, trying to, oh, I want this little bit of hope. No, I want it all. I want you, Jesus, because you are my hope. I want it all. Let's just be, think big, open up, and take the bigness of what we have been given, the bigness of who Jesus is, the greatness of the hope that he brings, the greatness of the hope that he offers. It's not a little hope, it's a great hope. It's an eternal hope. God does not hold anything back from you. He's not going to hold hope back from you. Your portion is not a glimmer of hope, but a full measure of hope. Expectations that a God who is good will do what is best in your life and in the world around us. Your identity is in Christ and in his kingdom. Your identity is not in the world. Your identity is in Christ and in his kingdom. When you accept Jesus, you have become a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is from heaven. We live here, but our citizenship is there with Jesus, from which we also eagerly await for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will come again. And we know that. That's the great hope. That means we belong to God's kingdom. That is our place, 
the extraordinary truth of what Jesus has won for us. So we want to live from place. We want to live in the truth of that place, that truth of who we are and what God says. So in every circumstance, remember your identity in whom your hope is placed, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your hope in every circumstance. Even if you find yourself, you know, some people, they find that they're falsely accused of things. Jesus is your hope in that situation. And I can remember things in the corporate world. And I learned then that Jesus was the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Jesus is my hope yesterday, but tomorrow. And he will work things through as only he can. So the other thing that I think gives us great hope is the fact that Jesus himself is interceding for us at the right hand of the Father right now. And before he left this world, he prayed for us in John 17. If this doesn't give us hope, <laughs> we need to really stir ourselves up. In John 17, 11, he said, Now I am no longer in the world. He was speaking, he was praying to his Father, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. The hope that Jesus for us then, the hope that Jesus prays for us now, what a great hope that is. We just need to look at him. Just stop for a minute. Read what he has prayed over us. Look at who he is and let hope rise up. Let, let it rise up again because Jesus is praying for you. Now, we need Holy Spirit, as we talked about before, so we're going to come to this this morning. He is the one who guides us. He is our navigator. He's all of those things. We need Holy Spirit to help us live for Jesus in the culture in which we find ourselves, and I think we've seen that quite clearly this morning. So we might be tempted to I've tried. I might have signed petitions. I've prayed. I might have done all those things, and here I find myself in the middle of be described as increasing darkness and that's what's happening because Jesus said it would but Jesus also said this in John 16 33 these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you'll have tribulation but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world what does that look like what does that look like he said he's already overcome it so why do we come under it when he's overcome it why do we let it rule our lives when he's overcome it? Why do we accept what it says when he's overcome it? Why unity? So just because what we have prayed for and even petitions we may have signed and things we may not agree with, even though we may not have seen the fruit of that right now, he's already overcome it, he will deal with it. We do our part, he will do his part. What does it look like? I think it looks like hope. I think that's what it looks like when Jesus is overcome. I think that looks like hope. It looks like joy. This is not your final camping place, those who like to go camping. This is not your final camping place. We are passing through to a greater, greater life. But while we're here, we have something to do. So, looks like expectations of good from a God who is good. He can only give you good. That's what it looks like. Looks like coming through the fire, coming through the storms, overcoming adversity, all of those things that you all have done and will continue to do and living from a place of peace and trust in Jesus. So the promises of God in his word lead to hope. The promises of God in his hope 
because that's who he is. Cannot be any different. So let's take our bearings. Let's just ask ourselves. Let's consider for each of us now what's around us. So let's just consider where are you standing right now? You might be seated, but let's just talk about for you right now. If we use the compass as an analogy, where is Are you looking at it? Where's your internal compass pointing right now? Is your internal compass pointing you to true north, which is Jesus, or is it pointing you somewhere else? Well, Holy Spirit can help you shift it, that internal compass, so it points to Jesus. I'm going to pray to that in a moment. So who is it pointing? Is it pointing to somebody else, or is it pointing to somewhere else, or is it pointing to the Lord? See, the kingdom truth is that you carry it. You carry it and you can release it. So I'm going to pray. We belong to an eternal kingdom and that's the greatest hope that we have, but we do need the help of Holy Spirit. So we're going to ask Holy Spirit for a couple of minutes. He wants to release things. He wants to help this morning. So if you feel comfortable putting out your hands, I'd invite you to do that if you feel comfortable. You, even, you might even feel something in your hands. And that is actually the presence of God through his spirit. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent Holy Spirit to be with us, to help us to reset our internal compasses where they need to be reset. Would you reset them right now so that they point to the true north, that they point to Jesus? Lord, where they're a few degrees off, would you make that adjustment in our hearts right now to point us to If it's a long way off, would you move it right now that our internal compass, our internal GPS would be reset right now in this moment? Right Would you bring revelation of Jesus? Now, some of you are going to have an encounter with Jesus just in this moment. You're going to sense him very close to you. Lord, open our eyes to see him like we've never seen him before. Lord, because you have called us and we belong to you. Now, an impartation is a release in the spiritual of a gift, and I'm going to ask Holy Spirit... I believe he's going to release some, equipping to face. For some, you're going to sense something in your hand and he'll show you what it is. Everyone will receive something from Holy Spirit in this moment because he doesn't hold anything back. For some, you're going to have a revelation of a fresh start. For some, it's going to be a release of joy. I see creative gifts being released right now. Creative ways of thinking and new ways of thinking I see shackles being released right now around minds and around hearts that have held people captive to certain ways. Lord, even the mindsets that we've been trained into for so long, Lord, thank you that you're breaking them right now by your spirit. Lord, that we are free to worship you. We are free to worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, that we're not bowed down by anything that's around us, Lord. We're not weighed down by the past in this moment, Lord. 
you are here. And in this moment, Lord, we thank you for transformation. We thank you right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You give good gifts. Increase our measures of hope right now. It's almost like I can see, you know, a measuring rod. You might see it in a dam that measures the level of water. You might see it. I just see that rising right now. Thank you that that's rising, almost full to overflowing. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for that impartation of your spirit right now. For Holy Spirit, you are with us. You are be with us every day, every moment. That you lead us into a place of surrender to Jesus. That you lead us to our knees before him in worship. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite Rose up in a moment to close. But I just, just even, even at home on your own, just sit before him like this. Invite him to come. Invite him to speak. Invite him to be with you. He's drawing you in. He just is so hungry. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rose.